Werner Barry is excited to announce that Comtel will be receiving a complete redesign in 2020. Customers who use Comtel to track markets, analyze trends, and stay on top of key industry news will see a host of new features. Streamlined navigation, customizable dashboards, and more will make Comtel an even more valuable tool for those impacted by the protein markets. Not already a Comtel subscriber? Then visit www.ubcomtel.com or call 732-240-5330 to schedule a demonstration today. Customer transactions at major U.S. restaurant chains declined by 10% in the week ending July 5th compared to the same period a year ago. According to the NPD Group, that is an improvement over last week's decline of 14%. The improvement in the week sources to major quick service chains where customer transaction declines improved by four points over the prior week's decline of 13% versus a year ago. Since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, Impossible Foods has expanded its grocery store footprint and is on track to increase retail availability through 2020. Impossible Foods' plant-based burger is now available in more than 5,000 grocery stores across 48 states. While restaurant sales dipped in March, Impossible Foods restaurant sales have steady week-over-week growth since April. In fact, May was the strongest month this year for restaurant sales, and then June set a record for the company. Hello out there in podcast land, and welcome to this week's segment of the Arnerberry Weekly Market Digest. As you know, the last couple of weeks, we have been going down a path of um, the poll that I put on LinkedIn asking what everybody's interested in. And there was a resounding request here from this guy, Russ Barton, who is a director here at Erner Berry and a pork market reporter. Russell, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again, Laura. You know what? This is becoming pretty regular and and I'm a fan. We, we well, without having you on. And it, you know what? Everybody loves and everybody wants to hear from you. So let's let's keep this momentum. That's good to hear. Perfect. So uh, I just want to start out with, I don't know how much everybody knows about everything you do at Erner Berry, but you have been so instrumental in the beautiful new design of Comtel, right? You basically manage that project. It is gorgeous. It is easy to navigate. Our customers love it. And I just wanted to very publicly thank you for making that happen, not only for our customers, but obviously for us internally, because we rely on it heavily too. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's uh, it's been a long journey. We had a lot of people contribute to the project, everyone from IT to marketing to sales to customers, right? A lot of the customers had feedback and, and helped guide us on our what eventually became the end product here. And I couldn't be prouder of, of the system. And I can tell you right now, we have a list of features that no one's even seen before that uh, we'll be tackling throughout the rest of this year into 2021. So Comtel, it's got a it's got a bright future and it's only gonna get better from here on out. Just like you, Russ. Absolutely. Awesome. And the other thing that I wanted to uh, to just give you a little compliment on. So Chloe, our other pork reporter, has been putting out some outstanding analysis on Comtel. Is reading the most recent analysis piece, uh, which had some great information, very insightful. And I thought maybe today we could just cover a couple of the things that she introduced in that analysis piece um, and give a little bit more insight for the people who are listening. Sound good? Sure. Awesome. So, of course, she starts out a little bit about ASF. Last year, it's all we were talking about, right? China, ASF. 
exports. But although COVID has really taken over the headlines, ASF is still a very real problem um, across Europe and Asia. How much has that situation changed? How much can we expect to hear about it now that COVID is really very prominent across all mm -hmm. news places? And how has it impacted export demand? Yeah, so you're absolutely right. It's it's been overshadowed recently by the um, by the entire COVID situation. You really got to hunt for any kind of news stories, regardless of what they're calling ASF. Uh, you have to you have to hunt for coverage on it these days, right? But it's a never present issue. Uh, the losses that China incurred last year are massive. And the impact of that is going to be with us for a very long time, right? We've seen the exports continue to be strong going over there. Um, obviously, there's some political turbulence in, in that situation as well. But if you strip that away, yes, they still need pork. Absolutely, they still need pork. They're going to be searching for it from us and, and many other countries. Um, and not just pork, right? They they lost so much, that, and we've talked about it ad nauseum at this point, but it crosses protein boundaries, right? They're going to be looking for uh, protein in any form, whether that's poultry, beef. And, and so that's something that I really think we're, we're going to have to keep in our minds when we're talking about the pork market for another several years, at least. Absolutely. And, and the last time you were on, right, we, we talked a lot about COVID, so we don't have to go too, too far down that rabbit hole as much as we could all talk about it all day and regularly do. But one thing that has been a common theme, right, is retail's impacts on price, on availability. It's been just a roller coaster. So as of right now, what's going on with pork in retail? Yeah. Um, well, as you know, the state of the country is a bit mixed, right? You do have improvements on food service. Uh, so people are going out to eat more often, but it's it's still pretty limited, right? Where you can go out to eat, it's outside. We've seen a number of states just in the last couple of weeks roll back on their uh, you know reopening plans. So that's certainly that's certainly had an impact. You, you're still going to have people, buying food to eat within their own, within their own house, you know? So, um, as far as the health of the retail side, it continues to be strong, continues to be strong. You, you know, people are having their backyard barbecues. The weather's really nice right now. And, um, you know, they still need to feed their families. So while food service is still very much wavering, uh, the retail side of the equation continues to be pretty stout. People people have to eat, right? And there's there's two methods of that. You either go out or you do it yourself, so or get it delivered. I'm glad that you used the word stout because it really, really aptly points to what I'm about to say, which is I have never bought so much bacon in <laughs> my entire life since I have since the beginning of this pandemic. I put it I make breakfast all the time when I used to only make breakfast on Sundays. I put it on cheeseburgers that I'm putting on the grill. I add it into soups, although I make soups less in the summer. I still like to make them. I mean, I have bought so much bacon and also so much Italian sausage. I, I've i never consumed this much pork. <laughs> it's like I need variety, right? I need variety. Yeah. I can't just have ground beef and chicken. I have to 
you know, keep it interesting for the kids between steak, pork, everything that I can get my hands on, eggs. So I would imagine that everybody at this point is just running through those same tired recipes and and saying, you know what, I want an alternative, right? How many times have you seen on LinkedIn, um, you know, a pork recipe, a pork substitution, or HelloFresh now has uh, pork burgers, right? Pork meatloaf, things that I would have never considered before that are being consumed really frequently by just the average home cook. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up bacon. Historically, bacon has the the vast majority of bacon that's or bellies that are that are processed are um, destined for food service applications, right? Well, we're going on five months where food service has been a a I don't want to say a non-factor, but I mean it's been very limited as far as how much bacon you can push through food service with hotels being down, right? Um, nobody's traveling. No one's getting the big continental breakfasts, all that. So we have seen a bit of a shift towards retail. Just as you said, people are eating more bacon on retail. It used to constitute maybe a quarter of uh, a quarter, 30% of, of the bellies that were being processed would get sold on retail. It feels like that number has improved because just as what you're saying, a lot of people are, you know, bacon is great to highlight other foods too. It doesn't just have to be a side. Like you said, if you, if you cook, you know, five burgers, that fifth burger with bacon on top of it feels a little more special. You know, if you're a scallop person, maybe you wrap it in bacon. So, um, yeah, it's got a lot of use cases, and I think people are people are finding that out as they grow their uh, their recipe books a bit. You know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, I've always been a big home cook, but even more so now. So I think if if I'm cooking more pork, then absolutely everybody is cooking more pork and yeah. eating a lot, a lot more pork. And don't forget bacon wrapped asparagus, right? Because that is a delicious, yeah. delicious treat. Bacon wrapped blank. It really doesn't matter. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Um, So it's funny that you and I are focusing so much on bellies right now because at the moment, they're actually down. So would you say that the reason that's contributing most to that is because of food service? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Even though retail has improved and you're you're eating more bacon than ever, quote unquote, uh, it's there's no getting around it, right? You have, let's just say half the market is is suffering right now because you don't have that outlet of food service. Meanwhile, our production is at record year over year levels, right? So we're, we're pumping more bellies out than ever for this time of year. And you, you have that impact on the demand side, which, uh, which of course, that's always going to play out in price. I think everybody's bellies are pumping out a little bit right now in quarantine, Russell. Ah, yeah. Unlimited access to food, right? Everybody is supporting their local businesses by eating more takeout. Mm -hmm. We're all going to have a little bit more belly when we get back to the office. The elastic band industry is uh, (laughs) doing pretty well right now. (laughs) A lot of sweatpants. That's amazing. I just ordered some. (laughs) Ah, And then next, next order of business, 42s and 72s. So that was mentioned in Chloe's analysis. 42s and 72s are not only up year over year over 2019, but also up over their five-year average. So what would you say is contributing to that? Yeah, so um, that's a a little bit of a a complicated story there. It it is 
it's sausage season, right? A lot of people grilling outside. Um, so the use case is there, right? Of course, you, you're missing out on some of the food service element, any kind of mixed meat hot dogs that would be sold in stadiums. Uh, most pro sports have a pretty uncertain future at this point as we as we head towards the middle to, to late part of the summer. Um, but there has been – so it, it comes back a little bit to the labor situation out there, right? Uh, when you have limited labor at these plants, you have limited labor on the boning lines, right? So you're boning out less cuts, less loins, less hams, certainly. You are creating fewer trimmings, right? So that helps tighten up that market. And we've certainly seen that, especially recently on the lean trim side, um, the demand has been strong and the availability has been pretty limited. Um, fat trim has seen a bit of a decline this week, but we're, we're just going to have to see how that, how that plays out. You know, it's only Wednesday. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. And I hadn't really thought of it from that perspective, but labor shortages seem to really be prevalent in a lot of market fluctuations across all the proteins. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, interestingly, uh, Chloe mentioned that spare ribs are up. Now, spare ribs, I don't think you and I have ever even talked about on, on a segment of this show, but it's a pretty interesting um, anomaly. What, what's going on there? Yeah, so this circles back to seasonality, right? And again, this is an item that uh, in, the, in the last couple of weeks has declined, but it still remains well above last year. Um, it's the summer. People are eating ribs, and that certainly has an impact on the price, right? Whether it's retail or the the food service opportunities that are available, uh, this is peak season for ribs. Whether you're smoking them, grilling them, or or baking them, when the weather warms up, people want some ribs. So, are you are you a dry rub person or are you a saucy rib kind of person? Uh, I prefer a dry rub. See, the meat's tender enough. I the meat saucy. should be tender and juicy enough that you don't need a wet uh, rub, in my opinion. I am a huge fan of barbecue sauce on almost any kind of meat. So barbecue chicken, barbecue ribs. I just love barbecue sauce. The smokier, the better. Um, the other thing that I noticed in the supply section of Comtel was slaughters looked a little bit interesting. Um, you know, the month over month report versus the weekly report. Can you speak a little bit about what's going on with slaughter? Yeah. So it's, we've had record year over year slaughter, record year over year production. Uh, the weights are very high. All of this comes back to the backlog of hogs that we're currently experiencing. Um, when a number of pork plants ran into COVID infections, right? We had a whole slew of pork plants that were down basically all at once. And the hogs were there. The hogs were there the whole time, right? We are continuing to grow hogs. The hogs are continuing to eat. They were planned to be slaughtered at a certain date, you know, at a, at a certain rhythm. And that all got that all got disturbed when these plants closed. So it created a, a big bubble of hogs. 
Well, now we have people back in these plants. Plants are back up processing these hogs, but we need to do it at an accelerated pace. We need to push these numbers to try to make up that gap in in what was lost in March and April. Got it. That makes sense, too. And then, obviously, people want to know what's going to happen next. Nobody knows. You don't know. I don't know. Uh, Ms. Cleo doesn't know, which is shocking <laughs> to everybody, I think. Um, but what indicators do you think would be helpful for people to watch so that they can get an idea of what's going on outside of just the price, today's price? Yeah, so I would keep an eye on um, I'd keep on keep an eye on the cold storage. Watch those inventory levels, right? If they're um, if they're building back up, that tells you something. The production and slaughter numbers are certainly important. Where those are probably going to remain robust for the remainder of the year. Um, keep an eye on the hogs and pigs report because that'll give you the hog inventory for the coming or for the for the quarter and. Uh, you can you can draw some value out of that to see just how big the the backlog might be, right? The total hogs uh, inventory. So, yeah, and and if you are interested in tracking ASF, right? Because that, like I said, that's not going anywhere. We have Chinese uh, export numbers that you can keep an eye on, right? We even have international trade, so you can track like Europe's pork exports to China. Which, uh, which is another good gauge of China's overall demand. So, yeah, there's, there's plenty of things to keep an eye on. Like you said, I have no idea what's coming. We have no idea. You know, we're in New Jersey. New Jersey kind of took a step back very recently as far as our reopening plans. Um, so the, the future of, of what this demand picture looks like throughout this country is is just very up in the air, you know? And and as we approach fall and the cooler weather, it's it's anyone's guess, really. Yeah, I mean, I think every, every portion of our lives right now is up in the air, right? Not just yeah. people getting back to work, but kids getting back to school, restaurants reopening. I mean, pretty much every area of our lives is completely impacted by this pandemic. And I think we're all just hoping to gain back some sense of normalcy at some point in the near future. Um, yep. Either way, great information. I think the indicators are really important. People can throw those right into their dashboard and just keep an eye on those week to week and see what the fluctuations are. Of course, if they're a Comtel subscriber, they can reach out to you or to Chloe to gain some more insight and to talk a little bit more about the market. But also, I just want to draw attention back again to the analysis that comes out of your office, right? We had five pieces come out of your office um, last month uh, that are all on Comtel, right? We have one for this month already that is extremely insightful that provided most of what we talked about today. Um, and we can expect to see more offices really, really um, more than adequate in terms of adding color to the market for our subscribers. So Keep up the great analysis. Thank you so much for coming back, and I hope you will again soon. Thanks for having me, Laura. It's my pleasure. 
I hope all of you listening enjoyed this week's segment of the Erner Berry Weekly Market Digest with the wonderful, the fantastic, and the super smart Russell Barton, director here at Erner Berry and Pork Market Reporter. Don't forget to send me your suggestions for future topics and guests at lzinger at ernerberry.com. Give me a call at 732-240-5330. And as always, don't forget to connect with Russell and me on LinkedIn to stay up to date on everything center of the plate.